The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. Finally, baseball is back. Welcome Let's go! Welcome into an emergency edition of Fantasy Baseball Today, the most glorious emergency edition of the podcast. Thursday, March 10th, I am Frank Stample, joined by Scott White and Chris Towers after 99 days of a lockout between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. They have reached an agreement and baseball will be played in 2022. Opening day scheduled for April 7th. Training camps open this Sunday. Spring training games will start either on March 17th or March 18th. And we're recording this around 4.25 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Free agency could start within hours. So make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Download, follow, wherever you listen to podcasts because I have a feeling a lot of emergency podcasts are coming your way very soon. Scott, your initial reaction, baseball is back. Uh, it's good. My, my reaction is positive. Uh, we're we're going to get a full season in, which seemed like a ship that had sailed twice previously, but it, it has not. April 7th, that's only a week later than we were expecting to get the start time. In the end, this is... Like when all said and done, this is just going to feel like a bad dream, right? Because we're going to have a full season. It's going to start more or less on time. And uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a quick ramp up to fantasy. I know we've all drafted some teams already. Some of our biggest drafts have already happened. Tout Wars, TGFBI. Uh, I know, Frank, your, t- your Tout Wars draft hasn't happened yet. Has not. Um but there's still a lot of drafts we're going to fit in in a short period of time. I know everybody listening, the majority of them probably haven't had their drafts at all yet because most people wait till the last minute to do theirs. So you're, you're going to get a deluge of information and content in the th- four weeks, I guess, leading up to opening day. Yeah, and this is exactly why we told people to stick with us because uh, we knew that once a season was announced that there was going to be this quick ramp, ramp up and that you needed to stay ready, right? Like now, I mean, people who may, may have, you know, tuned fantasy baseball out, they're going to fall behind a little bit. So uh, happy for everyone who stuck with us here. And I think people are probably wondering, you know, what do I do with my draft? I think if you were scheduled for late March, probably just stick with it. I mean, you know, if you can get it closer to that opening day date, which again is Thursday, April 7th, I would encourage you to do that because the more information we have, it can only be beneficial for you as a fantasy drafter. We still need to learn more about Jacob deGrom, Ronald Acuna, and hopefully we see these guys in spring training uh, quite soon, within the next week even. Chris, let's talk about some of those takeaways when it comes to fantasy baseball, obviously here. And let's talk about with 
maybe the potential winners in this agreement. And obviously the universal DH, we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. There are a few names that stand out there, but prospects, and I'm really interested to see what happens here. Do you think that we actually see a change because apparently teams are incentivized into calling up their top prospects sooner rather than later. That was a huge, you know, part of this CBA. Do you think that we can maybe see guys like Bobby Witt and Adley Rutschman and the Tigers guys, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, up on opening day? Because that could be massive. I mean, we're four minutes into the podcast. I wanted to keep things positive. but my, <laughs> I, I feel like those my, guys are winners, potentially. My understanding of the carrots and sticks involved with regards to service time manipulation are that they're very, very limited. Basically, the biggest dis- disincentive to leave a par- top prospect down is that if they finish in the top two in rookie of the year voting, no matter when they are called up, they gain a full year of service time. And then there's also the the carrot part where um, if teams call up their top prospects on opening day and they finish high in rookie of the year voting and MVP voting and Cy Young voting throughout the first three years of their career, the teams will get a bonus draft pick. So those there are incentives and disincentives. I don't I don't think they're particularly strong, but incentives and disincentives incentives, given that it's only two players that it would affect in any given season at most or four, I guess. Um, so like if teams wanted to keep Spencer, Tor- if the Tigers wanted to keep Spencer Torkelson down, I don't think this is going to change it. That being said, I like to believe that the people who run baseball teams are capable of feeling some amount of shame. And I feel like trying to do the, gosh, you know, I know Adley Rushman is considered one of the best college baseball players of the last decade and was considered potentially major league ready when we drafted him and has, you know, an 80 grade makeup and defense and everything. But I think he just needs like two, maybe 11 days more work in the minors. Like, I feel like doing that after this protracted uh, battle would probably look really bad. And so I'm putting my faith in the ability of Major League Baseball owners to feel some semblance of shame. So I will say it is more likely right now than it has been in years past for the top prospects to be called up. And especially because most of the guys we're talking about, it's not like Joe Adele three years ago where he had gotten to double A and played like 30 games. We were like, I could get called up. These are all like Torkelson, Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt, Adley Rushman. Uh, Did Riley Green? Yeah, Riley Green played in triple A. Like, yeah, Julio Rodriguez did it for what it's worth, but I thought he did get to triple A. No, he got to double A. Um, All right, so maybe we don't include him, but, you know, possibly. Um, yeah, but for the most part, these guys all got to the high minors, spent most of last season in the high minors and excel at triple A. I mean, Bobby Witt, Adley Rushman, these guys were awesome at triple A. So the idea that they need more time, I think we all know it's pretty silly. Well, it's, it's hard to tell in a lot of cases what, what readiness actually looks right, but like. They, there's no like meter of readiness that they can fill up. I know, they but in, internally, so, like, I'm. I, internally, I do believe teams have a better gauge of us than us on the out of it than us on the outside. Yes, they mean, do. We all seem sure Jared Kelnick was ready, and it was clear he wasn't. Sure, but I don't think like 
an extra four weeks in AAA was going to be the difference there. I mean, it might have been, but I just don't. It, I don't it, think that's how it works. You yeah. are willing to give them more of a benefit of the doubt than I am. Yeah, I, mean, I think they are primarily motivated by <laughs> the very obvious advantages and incentives that they have to keep guys down. Those incentives are slightly muted, so uh-huh. hopefully teams will make the decision to call up their most talented players. Let's hope so, because again, lots of talent on the way. Bobby Witt, as I mentioned, but he's not the only one for the Royals. MJ Melendez, Nick Prado, they're coming soon. Adley Rutschman, catcher with the Baltimore Orioles. Mentioned the Tigers guys, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green. Uh, We could see those names sooner rather than later. And you know what? Whether or not they're on the opening day roster could be determined by what they do in spring training. Not that that mm-hmm. should matter all that much, but if... Well, it, it's less about what they do than what they show, I would say. If they do look they comfortable, the you know. they team that they're ready. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, we spoke about this uh, probably like a month ago now. We did a podcast about it when it was announced, but the Universal DH has been confirmed. There will be a designated hitter in the National League. And Scott, let's just quickly run through, I guess, some of the biggest winners there. I mean, Darren Ruff is someone that we've talked more about recently, having value with the San Francisco Giants. There's a multitude of Mets players, Dominic Smith, yeah. J.D. Davis, Robinson Cano. Looks like he'll be in the mix there. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, he was likely going to play play anyway, but I think he's projected to be the DH Seth Beer with the Diamondbacks. Those are some names. Uh, anyone else that comes to, to mind, Scott, that could benefit here with the Universal DH? Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely interested in how it shakes out for the Mets because Dominic Smith, Robinson Cano, and J.D. Davis, all three have shown the potential to be impactful in fantasy. Uh, what kind of timeshare happens there how much does robinson cano end up playing the field how much does dominic smith end up playing the field for that matter when they had universal dh in 2020 i believe dominic smith actually played more first base than pete alonzo did alonzo spent a lot of time at dh uh so that could happen again which would obviously give the edge to smith over a couple of those others but i'm I, I see them all as deep sleepers, and uh, I'm invested in each of them and in, in some of my deeper leagues. You mentioned Aaron Ruff. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Lars Newbar for the Cardinals. He bats left-handed. There's also a um, guy who we haven't seen in the majors yet, Juan Yepes, who bats right-handed. So either of them could emerge as the DH for the Cardinals. Maybe it starts out as a platoon. Tyrone Taylor of the Brewers. I don't know if it'll be him Exactly, that plays DH, but just by having that extra lineup spot open, maybe another outfielder moves to DH for them. And Tyrone Taylor, who showed uh, the potential, I think, maybe for 20 homers, 10 steals, maybe even 25-15 if he was an everyday player. I think he is uh, an interesting sleeper. And basically every catcher in the NL could end up going probably not Probably not quite, probably not getting quite the playing time Salvador Perez got playing 161 games for the Royals last year, but um, Will Smith, Wilson Contreras, given that the Cubs don't have a lot of hitters. Uh, yeah, I, I could see them playing more than they ever have before. Um, beyond that, I, it, like it's, it's hard to go too deep into it because so many players are so unsigned, right? Including the quintessential DH, Nelson Cruz. That's, I think, I think the free agents are potentially the biggest winners because collectively it opens up, you know, 15 new hitter jobs. Now, this was 
expected to happen. And obviously some teams have guys already there. I don't think the Mets are, are likely to sign Nelson Cruz for one, but um, actually the Mets have been linked to or rumored to be interested in adding another bat. So we'll see, but <clears throat> I think it makes the, it opens up the free agent market more for the guys who are remaining the Castellanos, Nelson Cruz, um, a handful of others. I think it's good news for utility types you know, a, a Luis Arias, Chris Taylor, those guys were going to play every day anyway, you, most likely. But I think it makes it all but certain that they're going to be in the lineup somewhere every day if, if there were any questions about that. So um, I think that's good news. I'll also throw out Garrett Cooper. That dude hits the ball really well. Yep. He's had injury yep. issues, but he's a potential like decent batting average 20 to 25 homer guy. Um, yeah. So I like him. Lewin Diaz came on strong for the Marlins late sure. last year and is a first baseman like, uh, like Jesus Aguilar is. So he could factor in that mix as well. He's somebody yep. who I'd look into in especially deep leagues. Uh, Chris, obviously there's a lot that still needs to happen with free agency and we're going to get a lot more information about players returning from injury and what they look like, what their velocity looks like. Jacob deGrom, most notably Shane Bieber. We're going to be following very closely. Ronald Acuna, let's have this conversation. We now know that April 7th is going to be opening day. And all along, you know, the further the season gets pushed back, the more it helps someone like Ronald Acuna, mm-hmm. who's returning from ACL surgery that he had last season. Apparently, he was targeting May as a return date. We will learn more, but knowing what we know right now, how do you handle players like Ronald Acuna and Jacob DeGrom? I mean, it's not... I think DeGrom and Acuna are in different categories because... Right. Acuna is like, I, I think Acuna is more in the, uh, you know, potentially Max Muncy category where it's mostly just like, I want to see them and see them look good. And, and once that happens, I'm, I'm pretty much bought in. I guess this isn't the best case scenario for Ronald Acuna. You know, the best case scenario would have been Even MLB's later. deadlines being real and, <laughs> you know, them not being able to play until the 14th or, you know, some of the conspiracy theories about MLB teams not really caring about playing games in, in April. Um, you know, that would have been better for Ronald Acuna. But if you look at the timetable, you know, he tore his ACL on July 10th. So April 10th would put him January, February, March, <laughs> April. That would put him nine months out. <laughs> I was looking at like Andrew McCutcheon, who uh, an outfielder tore his ACL at a similar point in the season, I think he was playing nine months later. I think nine months is a reasonable timetable. It's the shorter end of the timetable, but it absolutely would not be out of the question for uh, Ronald Acuna to be playing on opening day or right around there. We will know more or less, I think, in the in the coming weeks. You know, I think within yeah. a week, we should know with a high degree of certainty whether Ronald Acuna is going to play. We haven't got an update on Acuna beyond just here's a here's a video of him hitting. We haven't gotten an update on him since November, right? When Acuna himself said he was aiming for May. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Like, if that still holds, if Acuna's timetable from then still holds, I, I'm not sure we will see him in spring training. Like, I, I yeah. think I think spring training is happening too early. Oh, if maybe, I, I maybe think the timetable has changed since November, yeah. and that would be great. But I, I stand by my my original position where. I need to see him playing in spring training games before I invest a first round pick in Ronald Acuna because the possibility of a setback if he's not already to the point of playing in games is just too high for me. Yeah. Scott, let me give yeah, you I think that's fair. 
Scott, let me give you two different scenarios here regarding Ronald Acuna. Let's say he does not play in spring training at all, and we learn that he will not be ready for the start of the season. He will start on the IL. Where do you feel comfortable drafting Ronald Acuna if that is the case? Where I have him ranked right now, which is like middle of round two. So I think I think that has him behind like Luis Robert in five by five leagues. Maybe maybe just ahead, either just behind or just ahead of Luis Robert. Chris, let me give you the other scenario. Let's say that Ronald Acuna is progressing well. He looks really good in uh, spring camp, and they decide to play him in games, and they announce that he will be ready for opening day. How early are you taking Ronald Acuna if that's the case? No later than... I would say no later than 8th overall. I think probably... I think you could make an argument for him again ahead of Boba Shett. It's harder with that kind of big five of Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Vladimir Guerrero, Jose Ramirez, just because while he is as good as any of them when he's right, there is just just enough doubt that, you know, either he suffers a setback early on or that, you know, like Dalvin Cook a couple of years ago in the NFL, he came back from the torn ACL, missed a lot of that first season with hamstring injuries. You know, that that kind of thing could happen. So uh, I think there's just enough concern there and also concern about whether he'll run as much that I think you probably put him just outside of that top tier. Yeah, I think it would become, for me, a, a top six. I think it would be those top five hitters and then either Cunha's on the back end of it or if he really looks good, you know, maybe he's pushing towards the top of that top six. But again, we will learn more. You're saying if you actually see him in games and they say he'll be ready for opening day, that was the scenario? Yeah, I think he would be part of the, that top six. What do yeah. you think, Scott? Like, yeah. I, looking I at my... Yeah. Yeah. Looking at my dollar values, I have that top five at 39 or higher. It's basically Ramirez at 39 and everyone else at 41 in kind of a four-way tie for first. So I think like then Boba Shett at 36 and Mike Trout and Mookie Betts also at 36. So I think it would be like Ronald Acuna 38 right. or something like that. Yep. I, I think that makes plenty of sense. Scott, we were talking beforehand and... It's really hard to say what the effect of this will be. We won't really know until the season starts, obviously, but I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I'm a little bit worried about the ramp-up period here and how quickly it's going to happen, specifically for pitchers, right? So spring training games looking like they're going to start a week from today, March 17th, March 18th. That gives us about two weeks worth of spring training games before we get to opening day. Does that worry you about the readiness of starting pitchers earlier early in the season? Not really. I mean, we just dealt with this two years ago. I don't know if everybody's already memory hold two years ago. It wasn't that long ago, guys, where we had a very similar ramp up period. And it was like the stakes were higher because we were only dealing with a 60 game season then. So if, if it took pitchers too long to build up to their usual workload, uh, you know, that the season could be mostly over by the time they did. That That's not going to be the case this time around. And it ended up being not that big of a deal. It was a big deal in, in a couple of scattered, you know, in just a few scattered cases like Walker Bueller. I, I don't think he ever ended up making a six-inning start during the 60-game uh, the season. But for the most part, pitchers got back to where we're used to seeing them very quickly. Now, there is a longer-term concern that because it's... A, a full six-month season instead of just 60-game uh, season that, you know, maybe in, in, in ramping up the process quicker and in an unconventional way, 
we see an increase in pitching injuries. That seems probable. I don't know to what degree the injuries will increase, and I certainly am not in a position to pick out which in, which pitchers will be injured because of it. I don't think anyone can. I don't really see much practical advice I could give on that based on that concern. It's just it's just another risk factor, but I don't know. Not not one that I'm going to put much stock in, I guess. Yeah, Chris, uh, I'll give you the final word here uh, when it comes to you know starting pitchers. Do you have any concern? It, again, I agree with what Scott's saying. It's it's really hard to know which pitchers this would affect, if any, until it actually happens, right? Unfortunately, like if something were to happen to a pitcher, you can kind of point to, all right, well, maybe the ramp up was too quick. But are there any pitchers that stand out to you? Maybe some younger starting pitchers or starting pitchers with workload concerns uh, that you might be worried about early on in the season? No, I, I don't really think there's any utility in trying to identify either specific types of pitchers or classes of pitchers. I think there, it's entirely possible that you could do the research and look into 2020 and try to find risks. But even there, it's a one season sample size. So you're not really going to get much from that. You could look at pitchers who signed late or didn't uh, arrive at spring training on time due to visa issues, which is something that happens often or something like that. But I, I generally think you probably just treat the pitching pool the same. And if anything, if, you know, Michael Kopech's in the rotation at the start of the season, but he's only making four and five inning starts for the first month, mm-hmm. that probably means he's going to be in the rotation a little longer. You know, because they don't have quite, you know, the the innings will be lower in the beginning of the season in a way that might allow him to pitch deeper. So I, I don't think there's really all that much value in trying to identify which one who, who might be impacted. You know, it, like you said, afterwards, there are going to be injuries and maybe there will be more injuries than normal in April. And we'll be able to say, yeah, you know, that quick ramp up and especially just how weird the past three seasons have been and what the cumulative effect might be in the fact that they did almost a full spring training in 2020, then had to stop for three months, then did a short spring training, pitched 60 games, pitched a full regular season last year, and now they're dealing with this. Like There could be some heightened effects of that, for sure. But I, I can't tell you that it's more likely to impact Corbin Burns versus Zach Wheeler or anything like that. I don't think anybody could. Yep. Scott, shield your eyes, maybe take your headphones off. People in the chat are saying that Freddie Freeman has signed with the New York Yankees. That is not true. That is not oh, true. God. I want to reiterate that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I will, uh, I, I will use this time to let everyone know that watch out for people on Twitter today because there's going to be a lot of fake breaking news and make sure that you're following the right people. I will end with this. I, I'm, I am my, disappointed. My heart sank, Frank, when you said <laughs> I am, Frank, I'm disappointed that you didn't ask me about the status of my Skulltune NFTs. Oh, poor Jeff Passan, man, getting hacked on the biggest day potentially of his career, man. That was uh, just ridiculous. That was rough to see. I, I will end with this, though. Uh, Brendan, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's K-U-T-Y. It's either Cuddy or Cutie. Uh, he is a reporter for NJ.com and the Star Ledger he covers the Yankees. He says that according to sources, Yankees expected to engage with star Freddie Freeman with free agency set to start ASAP, 
quote, still on the table is what I'm told. And I'm sure you'll hear this about many free agents. I'm sure Freddie Freeman will talk with the Braves or at least he should because uh, it would you know, be awesome to see him uh, you know, uh, spend his entire career with the Braves. But uh, ultimately, lots of info, lots of free agency things coming soon. Again, baseball is back. Opening day, April 7th. Training camps open this Sunday. Spring training games will start either March 17th or March 18th. And we're hyped. Baseball is back. We're going to wrap that up. May, I may have hurt my ankle. <laughs> during my celebration at the beginning of the uh, show. For Scott <laughs> and Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching this emergency edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. We'll be back when there's more breaking news. Bye-bye! Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.